Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Seattle, Washington with my good friends, John and Ben Nicodiandrea from Nomas Coach. John and Ben share where to see the flying fish in the public market and how to save money on a seaplane tour of the city. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Seattle. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Today we have, instead of one guest talking about one city, we actually have two guests talking about the same city. And uh, they're a couple. Uh, they write on a blog called No Mask Coach. And uh, so today we have John and Ben from Seattle. So let's talk about Seattle today. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. So what's going on? Obviously, you guys have a couple different stories as far as what Seattle means to you and how you guys ended up there. One of you just want to go ahead and start it off as far as how you got to Seattle. Yeah, I think I'm going to take this because I have a <laughs> feeling if Ben starts, he's probably going to lie. Uh, I was tricked into moving into Seattle. I had a perfectly comfortable, great job, great life in Miami. And then Ben said, hey, I got a job in Seattle and it's really good. We should totally move there. I'm like, cool, I could transfer with my job. And what Ben didn't tell me is that it was actually just a six-month temporary contract job, but he wanted to get the hell out of Miami so bad that he uh, lied to me and convinced me to move to Seattle. And that's kind of how we ended up uh, stuck in Seattle. I just forgot. I was so excited. Bull yeah, job, God. It just slipped my mind. Bull. You know, that's the, the start of any great relationship. It starts with a lie. So, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, the lie got you there. But what about the cities that kept you there all these years? Well, for me, we travel a ton. And I love the fact that this is a very easy city to travel out of. It's uh, exactly nine hours and 10 minutes to London and exactly nine hours and 10 minutes to Tokyo. So no matter whether you want to go east or west, it's super easy to get out of Seattle and explore the world. It's basically equally far from everywhere. Yeah, that's what he means. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> And it's just, it's, it's an incredibly progressive city. There's tons to do. There's never a night that goes on where there's not something going on. And uh, I, I love it here, man. It's fantastic. It's a great place to settle down. Yeah, I know we've uh, visited Seattle several times and we've enjoyed it every time. And luckily we've actually been there several times when it actually hasn't been raining. And <laughs> can you tell people a little bit about the weather? I know obviously Seattle has the reputation for being just dark and gloomy and rainy all the time. And it is. And we just love it for that. Uh, we actually keep telling everyone that the weather here is really horrible. And it is for some months of the year. It actually doesn't really rain that much here. It actually rains less than it does in Miami. It's just gloomy and overcast pretty much four months out of a year during the winter. But it's not that terrible. It actually doesn't snow at all in the city. It's pretty moderate. And it's just overall peaceful weather, not extreme so that is great. You can visit any time of the year and you'll be just fine if you don't mind getting wet. Sure, sure. The more we convince people that it's bad weather, the more the tourists stay away. <laughs> yeah, and housing prices are getting pretty high over there, so you don't want any more people moving in either. Let's not talk about it. That, that's right. You can come visit, but don't stay here. Right. Leave. Yeah. If people are coming to Seattle, what's the best time of the year to visit? 
guess it depends on what you want to do. You're only a couple hours from the mountains, so if you're big into skiing and, and you love snow, then that's fantastic to come during the winter. But we try not to book any trips in June, July, August, or September because it, it's arguably perfection. I mean, there's there's never a cloud in the sky. It's never over 77, 78 degrees. Uh, our houses here don't have air conditioning because it never really gets hot enough to warrant it. It's perfect. Why would you want to leave? Uh, most people just don't go anywhere for those four months. Ben, I don't know if you noticed that too. but Yeah, it's the same. And days here are really, really long during the summer. So that's when we usually take the most time off and go outside of the city and like go hiking and just overall enjoying parks in the city because that's when you get the most out of your out of your days. Okay. Now, if you're thinking about the town and you think about the people, if you had to describe it in like one or two words, how would you describe them? <laughs> um, I would say grunge. That's grunge. a very, very descriptive word for Seattle and not particularly a bad one. Everyone's kind of in their, in their world uh, doing their own thing. There's not a lot of rules. It's probably more, more of a West Coast feel to it. Everyone dresses their own way and does their own thing and nobody bothers one another, which I really, really enjoy from Seattle. Uh, even just showing up to work, there's not particularly a way to dress up. You'll see just, you know, guys in utility kilts in you know, <laughs> high positions in, in companies. That's just like the most normal thing. I think this is where people should stop and pause the podcast and Google utilikilt. Because I, <laughs> I have a feeling most people do not know what a utilikilt is. But yeah, just think of exactly. It's like a it's like cargo shorts, but it's a kilt. Right. Yeah. Utilikilt. I, he says grunge. I say introverted. I'm an extremely extroverted person. So I find it most people live in their own bubble. They have their bubble, they have their friends, they have what they like, and they're very introverted. But it also, when you do manage to get one of those introverts to open up and get out of their shell, you find that they're incredibly interesting people with incredibly interesting stories. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, when people come to Seattle, they have a good public transportation system, or do you need to rent a car? What's the best way to get around? The best way to get around is to not be stuck in traffic. The public transit system here in Seattle is fantastic. It goes from trains to buses to ferries. Just think of the way Seattle is placed geographically. It's it's in a sound. There are lots of bridges and islands, and the geography is pretty complex. So any of those will get you where you need to go in a quick way. Now, if you're in your car or you're renting a car, you're probably going to be stuck in traffic for a substantial amount of times so unless you are going from point A to B before 7 a.m. or after 7 p.m. Well, not to mention parking. Yep. I mean, hotel parking downtown is 40 or 50 bucks a night. You can park on the street by the hour. It's $4. They're talking about raising it to $5 an hour. Gas prices are around $3.69 right now, I think. Mm -hmm. So, you know, almost $4 a gallon. They do everything they can possibly do to discourage you from driving. I sold my car when I moved here. We have the one car between the two of us. Uh, and I take the bus into work. It's 20 minutes from my house on the express line into downtown. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Why do I need a car if I can get to work in 20 minutes on a bus? Yep, and it's good and reliable. There's even apps to track the the next coming train or bus. That is definitely the way to go, and it's really cheap. Yeah, that sounds pretty ideal. Mm -hmm. It really is. The first time I came to Seattle, uh, they hadn't yet built the monorail from the airport, and uh, one of the last times I was there is up and running, and I think it's only a couple bucks, right, to get from the airport to downtown on the monorail and it only takes what maybe half an hour is that correct i think it's about three dollars 25 cents, something yep. like that uh yeah and that's not the monorail though because i was gonna call you out on that if you oh, okay. were here before the monorail was built that was 1962 i don't oh, know sorry. how old you are to me but <laughs> you know back in the day yeah, let me tell you 
Oh yeah, yeah. The, well, the monorail goes from like downtown to the to the Space Needle. Yep. So I was I was thinking of the one that goes from the airport to downtown. Yeah, so. that's the one. The, the really short trip is the the monorail. The one you're talking about is the light rail. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Got my words confused. When people come to Seattle, there's obviously the iconic Space Needle is one of the things that everybody wants to do. Is there a way to kind of beat the crowds, beat the fees? What would you say if somebody wants to visit the Space Needle? Because it depends on when you're going. One of the best ways to visit the Space Needle was to book brunch at the restaurant. So typically entry to the Space Needle was 25 bucks a head, but brunch was $39.95 a head. So for all intents and purposes, you got, it was $14 for this, you know, five-star, beautiful, amazing brunch with a view of the city because it included your ticket to the top. Now, I think once they open up the restaurant again, since it's closed for remodeling right now, that'll probably be the best way to get up there again. I, I can't imagine, you know, dinner is fine. Dinner was, surf and turf was like $99. So it's pretty pricey. If you, I mean, yeah. even regular meals, hamburgers were 30 or 40 bucks. If you just went for dinner, it was expensive, but the best deal in town was Sunday brunch. So as soon as it opens back up again, Sunday brunch with a free admission to the top is the way to go. That sounds good. I'm all about the brunch. It doesn't have the champagne and everything like that. I mean, we're talking thirty nine ninety five, and I don't know what <laughs> your budget is, but if you said save money, you should probably just you know pop a bottle on the ground yourself before yeah, you bring your own champagne, bring your own BYOC. There we go. So, what are some of the other things to do when people visit Seattle? What are some of the other things? Ben, why don't you hit your favorite things and I'll a couple of mine. Yeah, there's tons of things to do. You mentioned already the, the Space Needle. I will also recommend to do a ride on the monorail. It literally gets you nowhere. It's just on a loop. But it is from the 60s. It's all along with the Space Needle. Is It was uh, a project for uh, the space age. So it does look like 60s modern type of uh, Jetsons type thing. I would recommend doing that just for fun. But other landmarks that are like Uber, Seattle, you can go see the Cremont Troll under the bridge and the gum wall, which is disgusting. But you have to go there and take a picture in front of it. Yeah, just just don't touch it. Yep, don't touch it. Just add your gum if you want, but that's about it. And then if you're in that area, you can go to the public market. That's fun. There's tons of stores that are, uh, again, super Seattle. There's fish. There's every kind of thing that you can think of that represents the Pacific Northwest. You'll find it there. Yeah, and that's where they throw the fish, right? That's the one. And then also where the first Starbucks was at. Yeah, that's where you'll find all of that. And then if you like more of a modern feel for the new Seattle, there's, of course, all of the Amazon campus area where you can see the Amazon spheres. It's all there. You can walk from one to the other, really. You can also ride the ducks, these amphibians from the Second World War. Uh, They just ride around town, show you the landmarks, and also go down into the lakes which is pretty interesting. And there's a few museums that are, again, very weird and very Seattle. There is the Museum of Pop Culture. There's an exhibition of grunge all the time because uh, this is where it originated. Seattle Aquarium. There is the one beach that you can go to if you come here in the summer. The only sandy beach in all of uh, Seattle. And it will be full. It'll be full. Yes. <laughs> but at least there is a beach. So okay. there's that even for people who don't like cold places if they come here in the summer. All right. Let me jump in and give you a couple of my things too, because I've got my own opinion as well. Yep. So I want to mention, like, we're talking about saving money, right? So if you've got a Bank of America card, you get free museum passes if you're a cardholder the first weekend of every month. Here in Seattle, there are three museums. They've got the Wing Luke Museum of the Asian Pacific American Experience. They've got the Seattle Art Museum, and then they've got the Northwest African American Museum. And then in Bellevue, there's the Bellevue Arts Museum as well, which is um, not nearly as awesome as the Seattle Art Museum, but 
the first full weekend of every month, present your card and you get one free admission. So that is a really great way to save some money if you're looking to get into museums. I think that if you do want to hit the market, you know, they start throwing fish at 6 a.m. So get there earlier so you avoid the crowds. But Cary Park, I think, is probably one of the most iconic views. If you ever just look for, you know, landmark Seattle views, you want to go to Cary Park uh, any time of the day or night. If it's a cloudless day, you'll see planes coming in. You'll have Rainier in the background. You'll have the ferries going out. It's quintessential Seattle, and you've got to go to Cary Park. Free admission, easy street parking, and it's free. That sounds really beautiful. Mm -hmm. You're talking about the duck boats, but John, you also mentioned that there's the duck dodge to Lake Union. Yeah. So if you manage to be here on a Tuesday during the summer, I think it starts in May and runs till about September, October. Every, I give or take around five o'clock, you hear the air horn go off and it's a hundred plus sailboats all trying to compete this course. Uh, and they're trying to dodge the ducks. <laughs> the rule number one is do not run into another boat. Rule number two is do not roll into another boat. There's like 18 rules. You know, it's like play safe, don't drink, do not run into another boat. It's very, very unique seeing a hundred sailboats all tacking and moving and trying to get out of each other's way while racing an imaginary race course. It's uh, incredibly stupid and incredibly Seattle and incredibly awesome at the same time, which makes it even more interesting because that's also where Kenmore Air operates. And Kenmore Air is our little boutique seaplane airline here in Seattle. Lake Union is, is a registered airport. I mean, they have Customs and Border Patrol on the lake. They have uh, oh, wow. security, uh, immigration, because they do flights to Canada as well. So you could fly up for a weekend to Victoria. Uh, they do like flight boat packages with the Victoria Clipper. Uh, and you could fly up uh, with the plane and fly and come back on the boat. And it's a really great way. It's, you know, 35, 40 minutes to get up to Canada. Uh, or you can just do a seaplane tour of the city. So the 90s, 1939 de Havilland seaplanes take off and just give you a 15 or 20 minute tour around the city. Discounts readily available on Groupon if you uh, look ahead of time. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I, I think it's one of the best things about when you travel is doing these unique experiences that you really can't find anyplace else. Yeah. You know, well, speaking of kind of unique experiences... I know Seattle is really kind of like a melting pot of different cultures and ethnicities. I know that there's a lot of different food options. What are some of your favorite ones? Uh, all of them. Yeah, that's one of the best things about Seattle. It's very cosmopolitan, and there are immigrants from probably everywhere. So beyond the regularly scheduled Seattle Fest that we have as a sponsor by the city, where you can have like Chinese New Year's or festivals for uh, the Pacific Islander community or Iranian, French, Irish, Jewish, whatever you want. So those are specific events that happen a weekend in the year. Outside of that, there are restaurants from all of those ethnicities or cultures um, that you can take advantage of. Some of the, the favorites here in, in Seattle are going to be Vietnamese, which uh, is one of the largest populations we have. So you can have everything you can think of from the Vietnamese menu. There's also Eritrean and Ethiopian, um, Ethiopian Mongolian yeah. as well. Mongolian. Yeah, so pretty much anything you can think of, you, you'll find it here. And you'll probably also find some some fusion of all of those international cuisines and, and local Pacific Northwest, which is what makes it the most unique in, in the country, I would say. It's, it's pretty much, you can travel the world without actually leaving Seattle by just eating. There's a Philippine free food truck that just opened not too long ago where you can get like uh, fried chicken feet and uh, balut, you know, the fertilized duck egg. And I mean, it's like there you, if you want it, it's here. Okay. Well, uh, for the people who are listening and who go to our show notes, 
What are some of the names of some, some of your favorites? That way I can include them in there and, and that way people can try those for themselves. I don't think we have a favorite. So a couple of really cool restaurants, uh, if you're looking for something sort of off the beaten path, there's two types of Mexican food in Seattle. There's um, what I call, you know, traditional Tex-Mex that's uh, cheap and filling and gets you in and out. And then there's also sort of the, I'm never going to eat this again in my life, but it's really kind of fun. So if you want cool stuff like fried crickets and grasshoppers and that kind of Mexican cuisine, there's a place called Poquitos in Capitol Hill. And there you can get your 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 Mexican, your unique Mexican fix. Uh, there's a, a local taco chain called Tacos Chukis. It's Che, uh, che listen to me, C-H-U-K-I-S, <laughs> Cheukaiese, Chukis. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just bar service. You walk in, you order, but there's always a line because it's uh, cheap and tasty. And then our favorite Mexican place just for, you know, the kind of Mexican place where you walk in and they put sombreros on you and they come and give you tequila and an oversized glass mug. <laughs> That's uh, La Cocina and Cantina. That's in Capitol Hill. As far as uh, Ethiopian food, uh, the latest, our latest dive, if you will, courtesy of the recommendation of our Uber driver, there's two. One of them is called Cafe Salam, S-E-L-A-M. And then the one right across the street from it is Zagol, Z-A-G-O-L. In that corner, there's actually five Ethiopian restaurants within two blocks of each other. There's Mezquel, Cafe Salam, Zagol. And then Rastashen, which is also really good. But I think Cafe Salem and Zagol are going to be the ones that are your best bet. Ben, and then if you're feeling into Nepalese or Indian food, there is this restaurant that I believe it is still considered Capitol Hill. It is. Uh, it's called Anapurna. And that's going to be unbelievable. That's really, really tasty. It's like Tibetan, yeah. Nepalese, it's a, it's and Indian. A fusion of, of yeah. um, that area of the world. And um, the menu is divided into those three cuisines. And it's really, really good. Yeah, that does sound really good. So one of the things we were talking about when people come here is where they're going to stay. And I think one of the things that you mentioned is that sometimes the hotel listings that say Seattle aren't actually Seattle. I have a feeling that if you were to book on like Priceline, they would say Seattle. They would just simply say, one of the hotels was Aloft Seattle Redmond. Redmond is 45 minutes outside of town. It's not a Seattle Redmond. That's like saying Aloft Miami, West Palm Beach. There's no way. Or you're not going to book like Aloft Los Angeles, Ontario. Like these are very, very far away places from each other. You're not going to book like the, they do that a lot in New York too, right? It's not really Soho, but they call it Soho or it's really New Jersey, but it's kind of New York. So just be very clear that it's actually Seattle that you're booking, Seattle proper, unless you want to stay in Redmond or Bellevue. It's very far away. If you're coming to Seattle, you really don't want to stay in a different city. Like I mentioned earlier, the, the geography of the city doesn't really allow itself for rapid commuting from one place to the other. So if you are staying in Redmond or in Bellevue, which in a map don't look like they're too far, you're still going to be 45 minutes out. So if you are willing to to spend that time commuting back and forth or stuck in traffic, by all means do that, but be aware that that, that might be the case before you go ahead and book a hotel just because it looks much, much cheaper. And that's when you'll need the car. Yep, that is oh, true. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And you mentioned also that several different restaurants that are in Capitol Hill but I think you also said that you really shouldn't book a hotel there. Correct. Why is that? Because there are no hotels in Capitol Hill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> it's, uh, Capitol Hill is really interesting. Capitol Hill used to be sort of the, it was like where the rebels would go live and it was the young, cool, hip. And it still is. Just think of it as young, the Brooklyn cool. of Seattle. That's where all oh, the okay. cool and, and hipster kids live nowadays. 
So that's where you will see the most concentration of really good restaurants, as well as the cheap restaurants. And most of the nightlife and activities that happen in Seattle are, are definitely going to be concentrated there because there's a very young, vibrant population there. Okay. Right. And I guess you could go Airbnb, I guess. But for me, Capitol Hill is, it's such an easy, super, super easy public transit ride from downtown. I mean, the, the Westlake Station to Capitol Hill, if you were to, to walk, you'd be walking up about 500 feet vertically. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to take a bike because you're not going to ride uphill. You don't want to take an Uber because it's going to be 15 minutes. You just jump on the light rail and for $2 and three minutes, you're in the center of Capitol Hill. Why would you even consider doing anything else? It makes no sense. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. So listeners, we got everything that we've been talking about here. We have that in the show notes and much more because we haven't been able to get to everything. But now it's time for the final countdown, boys. So if somebody only time for one meal in Seattle, where should they go and what should they eat? Hmm. Market? Yeah. I actually would not say that it is one meal. Seattle is all about coffee, and you're probably going to be mm. able to find at least at least one coffee shop per block. So as you're walking, you'll see like you're going to be sitting <laughs> in a coffee shop and just you know look across the street and see another, another one and then shop. another one. So I would say just try a few different ones. That's um, that's what Seattle's all about especially with it being relatively cold and gloomy. That's kind of what we locals do here. Mm -hmm. We just sit down, read a book, have a latte or a coffee or anything you like. For some poignant political conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> where it all happens here in Seattle. So I would recommend that. There's plenty to choose from. There's some that are really, really good. There's others that are not that great, but you know, there's plenty to choose okay. from and they all have great food or pastries or whatever you choose. I would definitely recommend that. Mm -hmm. If you had like a favorite that somebody should really just check out, obviously a lot of people are going to go to the, the original Starbucks, but uh, that may not be the best coffee in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> where would you go? Well, so I, I would go to the original Starbucks store, take a photo out front, but not go in because there's usually a one hour wait to literally get into the, the store. It's a very tiny one. So just go there, take a picture, leave. If you still want Starbucks, you can go to the Starbucks roastery which is what I would think of Disneyland for coffee lovers. So it is it is an attraction. Okay. You just go there, spend some time there seeing how coffee is roasted. There's a million different serving, you know, suggestions of kinds of different coffee uh, or brewing methods. So you can go there and spend some time. And that's on the large scale chains. Uh, but there's also tiny, tiny roasteries and shops that you can go to and try. I would say my favorite one here in Seattle is La Marasoco, uh, which is a uh, the brand of espresso machines that are made in Italy. So they're definitely my favorite espresso oh. machine in the world. And they have a store here. The store itself is within a radio station. So as you go into the store, you're literally in a, in a radio studio. Um, you're walking into the, the studio and they're just serving coffee. Uh, it's a really cool um, space. They also have an art gallery in the same place so you can do all three things just listen to the radio get coffee and uh, look at pretty art in the same space and that one is very uh, tasty coffee um, and they're on a rotating schedule so every month if you come to Seattle very often every time you go you'll probably get a different coffee served yeah. to you so that's month pretty awesome somebody from Milwaukee was like guest roasting and I think we there was somebody from Portland before mm -hmm. that we went one time and it was somebody from Austin, Texas so they kind of 
whoever uses the Marsoko machines, they they invite them in to do like a guest roast. Is it a month? They get this yeah, once yeah. a month. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. It is neat. So obviously, you guys have a lot of memories uh, since you moved there together. What's your most memorable story of Seattle? I'm a, I'm a huge aviation geek, and the most memorable thing for me was going up to the Boeing factory to do the Boeing factory tour when we they were just making some Dreamliners. This was before the Dreamliners had their issues a while back, but they were assembling Dreamliners and they were, we were there for a final assembly. So they were literally putting the wings on the fuselage and rolling the plane out. We went in and we saw the tail being, you know, riveted on to a 747-800, a Lufthansa bird. So anyone who's an aviation geek or anyone who just really likes gigantic machines being put together and you watch those Netflix episodes on like big machines like this is for me it was a total kid in a candy store moment uh, it's not expensive it's like 20-30 bucks to get in they've got AAA discounts AARP all those kind of things but going there and, and, and seeing how these gigantic planes are made you know that we fly around in every day was really freaking cool yeah that sounds fun I, I definitely want to check that out sometime I'm actually coming up there sometime soon, so maybe I'll have to book that. You've been telling us that for a while, Lee. We're still waiting. (laughs) I know, I know. We have a guest bedroom, you know. Nice, nice. I'm going to have to take you up on that. Speaking of uh, happy times, where's the happiest happy hour in Seattle? Uh, That's a really tough question because the whole city is probably a giant happy hour. Like we mentioned, all of the nightlife happens in in or around Capitol Hill, um, which is very close to where the Amazon campus is. (laughs) That's not a coincidence. I think now... Pretty much 16,000 people work in the in, not in that more than that. More, if not yeah. more. Wow. So they have to go somewhere, and they have to go somewhere uh, relatively close to their offices. So you'll find them everywhere. What I would warn people is that happy hour here on the West Coast, but particularly here in Seattle, it is early. So happy hours in general start at 4 p.m. Or sometimes even earlier. Uh, and sometimes even yeah. earlier than that. Uh, so it's more of a like late lunch type thing. So don't expect to get a happy hour at 6 p.m. They're all going to be done by then. We we leave work very early here on the West Coast because most companies operate on other time zones. So by the time that you're used to going on happy hours, you'll probably be done with dinner here. So keep that in mind. Check that before you actually go out. But I would say anywhere near uh, Capitol Hill area is going to be... South Lake Union uh, as well. Yep, South Lake Union as well uh, is going to be your best bet for happy hours. Okay, okay. Uh, if you guys had to go out to some place for a drink, or say I'm coming into town, obviously I like to drink, where would you take me? So for me, the coolest spot for liquor is Vaughn's 1000 Spirits. It's exactly what it sounds like. Every hour on the hour, they giant spin a giant like Wheel of Fortune wheel, and they it's like this week, you know, now this hour is $5 mojitos, next hour is $5 margaritas, but they have every conceivable liquor that you could think of on tap. If you like really cool drinks, but also really cool old-timey bars, I would recommend people to visit the Smith Tower Bar. It's in, in an observatory, so it's in, the, in one of the highest floors in a really cool old building here in Seattle, the Smith Tower. And we're talking about a really old bar from probably the turn of last century. Oh, wow. 1900s. Yeah, it, it is really, really nice. And they have sort of like old-timey drinks as well, but of course with a more modern twist, very Seattle. And they also, of course, have um, happy hours. I think it's from four to six, uh, and that's a cool place. I'm pretty sure you also have to get a reservation um, because it is the space is limited. It's not a giant bar, um, oh, okay. so you probably have to book in advance. 
Nice. Well, uh, well, I guess when I'm booking my plane ticket, I'll have to book my reservation and go get a drink. Do it. Hey, Lee, you mentioned you like beer. Uh, yes. So two places you should do beer. Uh, the Red Hook Brewery is, is close by. Oh, there we go. They've got a, a Red Hook Brew Lab. So it's kind of their test lab slash brewery slash cool place to hang out. That's in Capitol Hill. And just across the street from it is a place called Optimism Brewing Company. Uh-huh. They have food trucks that park outside. And Optimism is effectively these five or six giant tanks of beer uh, and all they have are just these uh, taps on the wall uh, and big 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 tables i think they've got right now upwards of gosh maybe 40 or 50 different craft beers and you bring your own food you sit down the tables are the long communal tables with 30 chairs and sit down make a friend and drink beer and eat that sounds like a perfect evening as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, uh, one of the last things I like to do when I visit towns is uh, get pizza from one of like, the local pizza places. What's the best place to get pepperoni pizza in town? The Giorno's in your <laughs> oven. I'm, I'm, <laughs> being an Italian, I'm probably going to have to sit this one out because I have not yet found really, really, really good pizza here in Seattle. But having said that, I haven't found that in the U.S. at all uh, in sure. general. So I'm going to sit this one out. What, you don't like Pizza Hut? I do not. Oh, man. Uh, so uh, people go crazy over Pagliacci pizza. So Pagliacci huh? pizza, is they'll put anything on a pizza and deliver it to you. Okay. The other great, uh, so if you don't mind driving, there's a place really close to us in White Center called Protalitarian Pizza. It's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, they've got everything from, you know, real spam on their Hawaiian pizzas to, I mean, it's, it's pretty much whatever you could imagine so that that's a little bit further south sure which is great so Portalitaria pizza and then the other one that a lot of people have been going to uh is oh uh serious pie yeah so serious pie is a tom douglas restaurant so tom douglas is a restaurateur here in town has a good dozen or so restaurants and serious pie is his pizza joint so they've got fantastic options with a ton of really weird ingredients uh if you're not looking for something of just a standard pepperoni serious pies where you go yeah i think i've actually eaten there it's kind of just down the street from pike's place and it's actually near the paladin for for kimpton right uh well since you mentioned kimpton yeah how geez how could i not assume that you were going to choose a kimpton (laughs) exactly yeah so so there's serious pie and then there's also serious pie and biscuit which is in south lake union Oh, okay. And they, okay. they do biscuits as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, guys, I really appreciate all the information about Seattle. I know I've learned a lot. I'm sure the listeners did as well. So can you tell us a little bit about who you guys are and where people can find you on the on the internet as well as social media? Ben and I blog uh, and write for nomascoach.com. We're on everything you can imagine, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at nomascoach. We've been doing this now for, gosh, what, three plus years? Time flies, yeah. Ben. I don't even know how long it's been. But um, I think one of our, our biggest things that people don't know about us that what we do is we also have a travel booking service. So the people come to us and they want to know how to use their miles. We'll help them book their their travel or their miles. They listen to your podcast, Lee, and they want to know how to go to all these really cool destinations and they just don't want to take the time to figure it out. And the best routing, we do that for them. So that is something that we offer and we love to do it. It's our passion. Did I mention to you also, Lee, that we're going to offer a discount? I can't remember if I did or not. Hey, I love discounts. Okay. Oh, well, obviously. I mean, that's you, you always probably been asking for the past half hours about discounts, Lee. <laughs> um, so any of your listeners who want to go to Nomas Coach forward slash we travel there, uh, we're going to have information there about our travel service. 
And then all they have to do is contact us through there and mention that they heard us on your podcast. Uh, and we'll give them a discount off of our travel service. Awesome. And for anybody that's driving around, walking, whatever, we'll have links to all that in the show notes. So that way you can go right there and, and get that nice discount. Uh, that'd be great. And, you know, hey, using miles and points is way better than using cash when you travel. Of course. So, all right, guys. So, hey, you know, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys. And I uh, look forward to seeing you when I travel there. You going to let us know when that is this time, Lee, or are you just going to show up? We'll see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye, Thank Lee. You. Seattle has a reputation for rain, but I was surprised to find out that it actually rains more in Miami. If you're a coffee lover, you need to visit the original Starbucks, take a tour of the roastery, then sample the local artisan coffee shops. Anna, the kids, and I rode the duck boat in Seattle, and it was so much fun. Totally recommend it. I can only imagine the craziness of the duck dodge on Lake the Union. I'll be booking my next trip to Seattle for the summertime so that we can enjoy the long days and the great weather. What is your favorite thing you learned about Seattle? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash Seattle or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Lindsay Williams shows us how to decode the Enigma machine in Milton Keynes, England. We hope you'll join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell what you enjoyed most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts about travel, I suggest checking out my good friend Ed Pizza's show called Miles to Go. Ed and his guests break down the latest travel news with a focus on credit card rewards and loyalty programs in his weekly 30-minute show. Let me know what you think.